Okay, everyone. We need big smiles out there. So line up for dimpling. Now, this may hurt a lot. What am I saying, May? Now, that's a happy face. Little Vicky, I figured out how to dance. I can be in the show now. I'm sorry, Lisa. People go to a children's dance recital expecting a certain level of professionalism. But, but you don't understand. I ate too much plastic candy. Heavens to Betsy. The star of the show is sick. Whatever will we do? There's only one person who can get us out of this pickle. Lisa? Yes? Help me into Ralph's costume. <sighs> Showtime, children. Let's go. Okay, curtain puller. This is your moment to shine. Go, oh, it's too important. I'll do it for you. Oh. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode BAB F15. It is Last Tap Dance in Springfield. I am Dando. I am Guy, and I've got my uh, dancing shoes on, Dando. I hope you do as well. I'm not a very good dancer. I can dance to the Grease Mega Mix, and that's about it. Are you enthusiastic more than you uh, are talented? This is me, yeah. So I just flap my limbs around in all different directions. And I, the thing is, I look like I'm having a good time when I dance, and I think that's the most important part. I think that is correct. I think enthusiasm sort of tends to trump prowess in a lot of situations. I've, I've actually, I am still, not dining out, but I'm still sort of reveling in a compliment that I received back in the 90s from some, from a girl who, whose name I don't quite remember, but uh, I do remember she was pretty and she said, wow, guy can really dance. I was like, hmm. You know, it's funny because you say that and I can still remember a couple of times when girls said the same thing to me when I was out nightclubbing when I was like 18, 19. And it just sticks with you. You're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a good... If for the rest of your life, you think, well, I must be a good dancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even, though, even though I've seen video footage of myself since and no. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, yeah. I don't think I've ever been filmed dancing. And if I have, I will destroy that footage. And then I'll destroy <laughs> the person who took the footage. I can do the John Travolta slide on the knees and fall at the feet from the other one that I want. I can do that. And I can do the grease lightning and shape my, shape my good thing. But that's about it. You realise that you're going to be walking around with a Zimmer frame in about 10 years or so. <laughs> you're just going to screw up your knees. <laughs> but um, still, you've got, a, you've got a few good memories of doing the slide. So that, that's all right then. That, that's, that's more than compensation. Good, good memories makes up for uh, bad mobility. Yes. And I'm, I'm in a good mood at the moment because as we were just discussing off the air, we can't discuss it on air yet. We've got some very, very exciting news today. That I cannot wait to share with our listeners. Won't be for next next couple of weeks, I'd say. But um, there is some big news coming at Four Figure Discount. There is indeed. Dando shared it with me, and now I'm going to share it with all of you because I don't. No, 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 no. We're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> we'll keep it to ourselves. But yes, it is indeed uh, very good news. In fact, when Dando said it to me, I thought he was talking about someone else. He goes, "No, no, us." I'm like, <laughs> "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought Dan is breaking this good news like, yeah, way to rub it in, pal. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> I, I was like, I said the news and he sort of looked at me like, oh, yeah. I was like, it's pretty big news, mate. I thought you'd be a little more happier than that. <laughs> but, um, but last tap dance in Springfield. I'm going to start by saying it was, I, I enjoyed watching this in the sense that I posted this in the Patreon group on Facebook that it felt to me like I was watching this episode for the first time because I think I may have seen this episode twice in my whole life. I can't 
I think it was one of the ones that I missed when it originally aired. I couldn't remember anything. Even the Barton Milhouse subplot, I had no recollection at all of that story at all. So it was really it was really cool to be able to watch a, essentially what's essentially an old school Simpsons episode for what felt like the first time. And I don't think that's really going to happen again until we get to, like, say, season 13, 14. I reckon that is actually the case. I mean, look, when uh, I heard the title of the one we were going to be talking about this week, uh, look, I think I speak for a lot of people and there's really only three words that spring to mind and really only one word that's repeated three times and that's tapper, tapper, tapper. Yeah, does yeah. anyone does anyone remember anything about last dance uh, last time dance in Springfield other than tapper tapper tapper? I'll wager the answer is no. <laughs> but the the, the, uh, the thing is with the tapper tapper tapper, it's very annoying. But the fact that it's so like, it's very memorable. But is it memorable in a bad way or a good way? What's your thoughts? Um, it's almost memorable in a neutral kind of way. I mean, it's not one of those really annoying. TV commercials that d- works because it's annoying, because it, you know, sort of sticks in your ear like a fish hook. Um, but nor is it memorable because it's like, wow, neat wordplay or anything like that. It's just, it's something that, that you remember, but it's not, it's, it, it doesn't kind of uh, change your life in any way. It's just like, oh yeah, tapper, tapper, tapper. That kind of sums up this episode, really, when you think about it. Because Essentially, yeah. I mean, look, there's, I thought there was plenty of, fun little bits in it. I mean, I, I can't remember sort of laughing out loud at all There was a couple of times I laughed, but um, but it was, yeah, it's just, it just sort of was there. It, it, to me, though, it sort of felt like, it felt very much like a season eight-ish episode, but one that didn't quite hit the mark. It was like, oh, yeah, this has got potential. And then uh, there was just a few sort of plot holes that just took me out of the moment a bit, and I sort of went... Uh, and. I know it's just a cartoon, but there was a couple of glaring plot holes where I just couldn't look past them at all. And I'll get to them in okay. a few moments. Okay. Well, yes, you can uh, deal with that because, I mean, I didn't, I, if there were plot holes, I mean, this whole episode was kind of so featherweight, let's say, that uh, anything didn't, any plot holes didn't really bother me all that much. I, I said I didn't really laugh. Look, I'll, I will take that back. There were actually a few bits and pieces in here that, uh, yeah, provided... <clears throat> at the low, at the low end, a wry smile. At the high end, a sort of semi-hearty chuckle. Let's say, but uh, yeah, otherwise, just a very sort of. I'm, I hate to use meh episode because it's a bit more than meh. It's more like, eh. you know. So yeah, I don't know how you. It's, 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 it's one of, of those when you go, oh yeah, that one. It's oh, not yeah. excited. It's not disappointed. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I didn't remember it, but I, I did, oh yeah, look, I, I did. did I, I did not remember the B plot at all. I did not remember, you know, uh, camping out at the mall. No, and and, like and it was very fun. The B plot. It was just a little bit wacky, but we'll get to that in a moment. I did enjoy though the um the piss take of you know the really strict dance uh, dance teachers. So she's a takeoff of Shirley <laughs> Temple. Um, they tried to get yes. Shirley Temple, but she was unable to do the role. I'm not sure whether she turned it down or whether just uh, there was just schedule conflict or whatever. But um, Tristan McNeil did a great job with with um playing what's her name, Miss. No, little Vicky, little Vicky, little yeah. Vicky. Um, yeah, she yeah. Ha- she had some great moments. Now, has there been an occasion either before or after this on The Simpsons where Susan Sarandon played like a dance teacher or a teacher? Yeah, Susan Sarandon played the the teacher when Bart was doing ballet. Okay, that's yeah. Because I knew that I, I I think I conflated those two episodes because I was like, oh, the dance teacher. This is the one where Susan Sarandon. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> No, not the case in this this time but, around. And but, that, they were two very different um, 
characters. They as well. were. I remember that Susan Sarandon. Yeah, she was the, like the Russian ballet teacher or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. But um, but this here, just the way she was just such a control freak, I really, really enjoyed. It. I can sort of see elements of myself in it. When she's like, "You can do the curtain puller." Oh, it's too important. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listeners, you should know that Dando is very much the micromanager of four finger discounts. <laughs> in fact, look, I'll be honest. Guy Davis is just something that Dando has made up. This is Dando. This is I'm I'm Dando, just doing another voice. He just <laughs> it took, me, you know, it took he, me ten he years. Tried, to- he tried to do an episode with that guy, guy, and that guy sucked. So now it's me. I'm Dando. And- what I did was I got him to record the, every word in the English language once, and I just pieced them together. <laughs> <laughs> did you? You didn't watch that. I, I I really shouldn't cop to uh, how I actually saw this, but that Thirty Rock one-off special. Have you heard about oh, that? Oh, has, has, has it aired? Has it, I, was in, I was looking forward it's to it. Aired no. in, it's aired in, in the United States. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, if one wants to do all manner of internet chicanery, you could track it down. And they that's a, actually a joke with um, with uh, Tracy Jordan that, you know, he's like, you, he's like, I don't act anymore. It's like, but you're in four movies this year. He goes, yeah, I, I recorded the dictionary in front of a green screen and now they just use that. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Um, so th- I will be making sure I get access to that somehow tonight. I, I was really looking forward to it when I heard the news about the Thirty Rock special. It's okay. <laughs> oh, Let's... maybe I won't be. <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll save it. I'll watch it. We'll do a little review it for the for the patrons. Maybe <laughs> that's a good idea. Good um, but did you feel this episode here? The beginning felt way too similar to the setup for EI EI Annoyed Grunt with watching the movie. Although the, the, watching the film played more of a role into the overriding story of the episode, like that one begins well, with Homer getting the glove slap. Yeah, they definitely had a thing for sort of, uh, yes, Latino culture this time around. I mean, because what, glove slap or whatever was... Oh, it was, it was it the Mask of Zorro. It was a Zorro movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and this was essentially, I don't know, strictly ballroom with a, uh, you know, uh, Spanish or a, a South American twist or what have you. Um, it did sort of, yeah, I mean, I think I may have conflated again those two kinds of things. So I don't know if that indicates, hey, The Simpsons is, is, is kind of uh, not running on fumes, but it's like, yeah, that, that's a bit similar to something you did recently, you know, sort of going over old ground. Well, um, it was the third episode this season that's had them going to the movies in the first five minutes of the episode because we had the Mel Gibson oh, okay. one as well. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Mm. I had, but, I, I mean, I guess I knew that, but it hadn't really sort of dawned on me properly until you pointed it out just then. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting one. But the, uh, but the Shirley Temple aspect, like the, 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 not the piss tape, but just sort of a, I guess you say a tribute to Shirley Temple. I thought I did a really good job with that. The only thing is, so Lisa, she doesn't want to do tap. She wants to do tango, right? Yes. Like, like in the film, and then she gets forced into it by Little Vicky. And all of a sudden, she wants to become a really good dancer. And then, because that doesn't really make much sense, they force this, oh, I don't want to disappoint my parents angle onto, into the story, which to me, it, like I said, just it felt a little bit too forced. It was just like, wh- wh- why are they so proud of her? It's, just, it's, it's like they, they realise halfway, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't make, doesn't make sense because Lisa didn't want to do tap in the first place. So, they just keep pushing this angle of, oh, well, Lisa wants to be a good, t- a good dancer so that she can you know, make her parents proud. And it's like, mm. oh, I don't know, I'm not buying it. Yeah, look, to me, it begs the question, surely there is more than one dance studio in Springfield. Find one that specialises in tango and not just, you know, waltz, square dancing and tappa, tappa, tappa. 
Yeah, exactly right. Now, let's get let's get into the the things that sort of took me out of the moment. So, yeah, the Barton Millhouse destroying the the mall, right, or the mall, whatever you want to call it, and. Then they all of a sudden they're just like, "Oh, what was this? Who did this? Who could have done it?" You're trying to tell me there was no security cameras that just saw Barton Millhouse? <laughs> okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Look, admittedly, that never sort of crossed my mind. Yeah, but if there were security, oh, I guess if there were security cameras, then you would have to, uh, I don't know, revamp the storyline of, of of tracking them down or whatever, and then you probably well, the, the, sto- the storyline you know, wouldn't work. Big cats in. For- <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other thing too is I just felt like the timeline was a bit out of whack so h- how long were they at the mall for because what well, how what long that, was camp meant to be well camp was meant to be seven days right but Lisa goes to the dance studio the same day that they go to the mall right yeah and then so, the, so, so they've the, all become really good well not you know professional level dancers but show level dancers and, and having a, a recital and having a recital like, what what, yeah. what? So they have. So Lisa, in the space of seven days, has apparently gone to the dance studio. All these kids have practiced enough to the point where they can have a recital, and then it's like Bart somehow in this time also had enough time, or enough time has transpired to post a postcard from the mall to go to his parents' house for Homer to read it. And I'm like, how long has he been at the mall for? Like a weekend? It just doesn't make sense to me. They're just. I'm watching it going. This is just all the time. The timeline's all out of whack in my head, and it, I, I know I was overthinking it, but I just couldn't. I couldn't get past it. I was like, "This doesn't make sense. How how are they already having a recital with Bart still at the mall? How how long has she been practicing for? Like three days? You're reminding me of Millhouse. Like, but how? You know, what does Millhouse say to Bart? Like, but how why did, did I, I have get there? The, why did I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? <laughs> no, but it, I, I I know, but it's I know it's just a cartoon, but I I could not wrap my head around how they were having a recital so soon. <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from. And the fact that you are dwelling on these things would indicate that the storyline or the, the storyline or storylines are not strong enough to hold your attention or, or engage <laughs> not, your interest. Not much is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing, the other guy that didn't quite work for me was when, so Marge and Lisa just done some shopping. They go into the cinema. Marge is carrying a shopping. They walk out. And Marge is like, they just walk out of the cinema and Marge just goes, where is your dad anyway? It's like, you're the one that's been missing for two hours watching a fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't tell anyone you were going to go see a movie. You just went and saw a movie. That was very spur of the moment. And then you walked out and we're just like, yeah, where is your dad? It's like, what? He just walked out. Um, It was just purely to set up the gag of Homer driving in the car, of course. But anyway, um, but yeah, it, it was by no means a bad episode. It was just... And it definitely had enough moments that made me laugh. Speaking of moments that made me laugh, let's talk about our favourite moments. Hey, my favourite. Okay, well, my favourite moment was just a... It's a little bit. I don't know if it's going to sort of resonate with everyone, but um, it's when uh, Barton Millhouse are in the mall. They've let loose the mountain lions or the pumas or whatever they are, the big cats, to track down, you know, the giant rat that's clearly causing all the all the havoc in the mall. Um, Millhouse... Pokes his head through the uh, through the bushes, sees the uh, sees the big cat, and then makes a bit of a. Now, to mine, that is a tribute to uh, an old one half of a comic team, Abbott and Costello. Uh, okay. Abbott was the the big, tall, straight man. Costello was the small, round, fat, uh, 
Joker, uh, the clown of the two. And one of his uh, one of his gimmicks was, you know, whenever he got flustered or frightened or whatever, he'd sort of lose the capacity for speech and just sort of go, I'm not doing that very well, but you sort of get where I'm coming from. It's a very um, similar... They, they used this uh, way back in, I think it was season four? or no, It would have been season five because it was Treehouse of Horror 4 uh, when Bart sees the zombies behind Lisa... And he's going, well, nyan, 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 all the vampires behind Lisa, and, and Lisa gets caught. But uh, she thought he was doing uh, Three Stooges impersonations at that point. Yeah. Well, the thing of it is, I mean, um, Abbott Costello made you know, various sort of, uh, you know, uh, various comedies in the, I think it was in the 40s and 50s, mainly in the 50s. But there was a stage where they actually did a bit of cross-pollination and there were things like Abbott Costello meet the Wolfman or Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. And that's usually when Costello, when Lou Costello would do his... <laughs> yeah, because he was so terrified of the Wolfman or the Frankenstein's monster or what have you. I don't know. It's just a bit, it's a little bit that I like and I thought it was fun that The Simpsons threw it in. If you want a more updated version, um, I do recommend that you check out a really good movie called The Nice Guys starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling where they play uh, this sort of team of private eyes in LA in the 70s. You get uh, caught up in this mystery and there's a scene where Ryan Gosling discovers a dead body and actually pulls a really expert Luke Costello. He's going... Listeners are out there probably going, Guy's sense of humour is really lowbrow and kind of stupid. But It's a bit that I really like. Having said that, the other bit that I really that I liked was uh, just Kearney in the car with 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 uh, Homer driving and, and doing a really good march. <laughs> I wonder if they got Julie to uh, to do the voice, like oh, really? for Julie to do it a, a Kearney impersonation. <laughs> it almost sounds that way, doesn't it? Um, I what really did you enjoy? I really enjoyed the um, the Millhouse in the film saying he's going to have to once again sugar his own churro. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, Mexican Millhouse. Once again, I'm a sugar man, churro. I really enjoyed Milhouse's excitement for gummy. <laughs> just gummy! <laughs> I must admit, now maybe I'm just getting old and my, you know, teeth, I'm grinding my teeth down to too sensitive and all that kind of stuff. Running a muck in a candy store just doesn't seem that much fun. Oh, you're, you're definitely getting old. <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a great time to me. Especially, you know, imagine these kids are 10. Like oh, of course, yeah. Ten year being an, a legitimate child locked in a candy store would have been amazing. That was so long ago for me. Uh, but I, uh, I, I, I miss going to the movies here in Geelong at Village Cinemas. They used to have the pick and mix. Oh and yeah, you'd, always, you'd always try and cram as much as you can into a cup, but they don't do it anymore because of just health reasons. It makes sense, but. Well, yeah. That yeah. and people were just pocketing lollies, <laughs> including I think, myself. Even, <laughs> even in times before, you know, you could you know, get a dreadful disease by, you know, touching something, it was pretty unhygienic. Yes, people were just chucking their hands into lollies. Yeah. Um, uh, I also liked Ralph's line of, Lisa's bad dancing makes me feel sad. Makes my feet feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very, it was sweet that uh, Ralph was uh, so light on his feet, I thought. Ralph was actually, I, I liked that aspect of this episode where Ralph was actually really good. And of course... He ruined it for himself, like he always does, eating something that he shouldn't. But at least he was talented. <laughs> at least he was talented at something, and he was actually going to be the star of the show. I know, but you know, then he ate plastic candy, as his yeah. Ralphs want. Silly, silly man. And finally, I really enjoyed Frank saying, "He got the weasel with the ball. He's like, I'm going to turn into a weapon. It'll kill you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah for, for, I do enjoy me some Professor Frank. I think he's fantastic. Next question. 
You there, eating the paste. Alrighty, it's trivia time. I shall kick off Mr. Davis. And I've just realized here I've only got four questions, so I do apologize. <laughs> That's all right. I think I've... How many have I got here? I've got about six, but I think we might have already um, sort of... Covered it? Covered one of those. So, okay, um, yeah. But you go, and then I'll go. My first question is, Val Kilmer is Homer's favorite what? It's his favorite door. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a very uh, very 90s reference, but I appreciated it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I also like that you know, there was just this huge pile of glasses that Homer had been trying on. <laughs> it's just getting bigger and bigger as he throws off each pair. Um, what is the name of the outdoor goods store that, where uh, Marge and uh, Lisa pick up this stuff for Bart? I didn't pay attention to that, I'm afraid. What was it? It's called Tommy Hill Climber. Oh, I did see that actually. Yes, you're right. I was more. I was remember that. What was that? Icarumba. That was the Icarumba was really good for the eyeglasses <laughs> store. Yeah. Uh, All right, next. What what decent surgery? Uh, yeah. What what what? Sorry. What recent surgery? I should say had the tango dancer had from the film. Oh. He came. He walks in. and He goes. Now that I've had this surgery, I can begin to dance again. Oh damn it. Hmm. I. I want to say something like groin replacement, but I don't. That's that's probably just completely wrong and also wrong. It's wrong in both ways. Would you consider that, that similar to foot reattachment? Okay, <laughs> I was. Yeah, you know, I need to keep heading south, but uh, <laughs> clearly I was way off. What is the name of um, the camp where Bart and Milhouse are supposedly going for a week? Damn, didn't pay attention to that either. Silly Brendan, what was that one? That's Camp Franks and Pranks. Camps Franks and Pranks sounds perfect for uh, for Mr. Oh, Bart Simpson. Absolutely. Millhouse's grandma has skin like what? Like a basketball. Like a basketball, yes. <laughs> While we're on the Millhouse tip, uh, mm. they clearly cannot go to Camp Franks and Pranks because, you know, they'll just get pounded by, uh, by Nelson. Um, so where does Millhouse recommend they go? Where would he like to stay? Ooh, man, I'm going to be none for none. What, 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 what is it? It's a hotel called the Four Seasons. Oh, the Four Seasons, yes. We used to have one yeah. of those in Geelong, did we not? Uh, we wasn't, it Novotel, well wasn't it Novotel, the Four Seasons or something? It could well be, yeah. Or Sheraton Four Seasons. Or Sheraton Four Seasons, thing. something like that. Yeah, man, I'm what, yeah. none, for, none from three so far. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> My final question is, who puts a lot of swears in their plays? Uh, that's David Mamet. Correct. You on fire this week, Mr. Davis. Oh, I do like my mammoth. And yes, was, he does put a lot of swears in. I was too busy worrying about why there was no security cameras at the mall. You're busy working out how to answer all my questions. So I applaud <laughs> you. Um, and a final question, which I'm sure you're going to get and, you know, salvage. Uh, put the muzz you know, on snatch, me. Snatch, you know, well, not quite victory from the jaws of defeat, but at least you won't be humiliated. Um, what is little Vicky's cat's name in the movie? Her oh, unwell man. cat. I've got that's a gutter ball for me. It's two again. words and they both start with the same letter. So what was it what was that what did you just say, sorry? They were what? It, it's two words and the two words both start with the same letter. And the second word sounds a lot like Homer's favourite beer. Uh, uh I'm trying to think of what word could rhyme with duff. What is it? It's powder puff. Powder puff. Damn it. Man, that's the worst oh. trivia I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, for four, dude. Oh. Zero for four. Oh, man. Four, shame. Four, shame. And, well, I, and I, think I, I think I got four out of four, didn't I? Uh, you got one, two, 
You didn't get foot retachment. You got groin oh, replacement. Okay. <laughs> well, still, I did get three out of four as opposed to zero out of four. I know. Yes, you win this week, <laughs> sir. All righty. Now it's time for some new names. From this day forward, your names will be... Okay, before we get into today's new names, we need to make sure we mention our beloved $20 patrons who bring you this show each and every week. We have Jordan Moleman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Lucasiewicz, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, and Tom Pickering. Thank you so much for being $20 patrons, guys. Your support means the world to us. And don't forget that if you become a $20 patron for four-finger discount for three months or more, I'll be sending you a Stonecutter officially licensed ring personally. Sent straight to your front door no matter where you live in the world. Now, by the way, guys, um, I mentioned last week that I've already posted some out. There was a bit of a delay there, but that's because I was waiting for a couple of extra bonus goodies to arrive at Pop Culture. So you guys aren't just going to be getting a Stonecutter's ring. I've thrown in a couple of extra goodies as well. So look out in the mailbox in the next week and you $20 patrons who have reached your three months already, you'll be getting the Stonecutter ring and a couple of little extra special Simpsons goodies. So can't wait for you guys to receive those in the mail. Bit of a bright spark here in some uh, some difficult times. Also, I need to mention a shout out to our new $5 plus patrons. We have Mr. Josh is it Saarinen? Apologies if I mispronounced that. Uh, Joel Yelland and none other than The Rod. Thank you so much, guys, for jumping on the Patreon bandwagon. Remember, if you want to get your name shout out on the show, it's going to be a $5 plus patron. And also, it's going to be a $2 plus patron if you want to get access to the Facebook group, the prize draws and whatnot. Next week, we're going to be drawing out uh, this month's major prize winner, which will be a $50 gift card for pop culture. All right, now, Mr. Davis, the current leaderboard stands as this. Uh, in third position, Andrew Parker on 12 points. In second position, we have D.L. Gorman on 16 points. And three points ahead of them is Mr. Garode Harahill on 19 points. Now, also, Mr. Davis, we're mentioning just off the air, I mentioned to you that all you guys out there listening who aren't patients, we love you all as well. So it's about time you are able to contribute to the new name segment. Whilst you won't be able to enter Guy Davis's ultimate contest, uh, if you go to f- follow us on Twitter, at Four Finger Pod, I'll be asking the question each and every week and you can put your new names in there and I'll read some out. Would you like me to read through the ones that have been sent in, Mr. Davis, before we get into your notable mentions? I prefer you didn't. No, no, okay. go right ahead. <laughs> no, go right ahead. Alrighty, so we got here from Dan Thompson, at Dan Thompson 1086 He says, annoyed grunt, you think you can dance. So, don't you think you can dance. Not bad. Uh, this is from at Supernova Dragon, uh, Lisa's Tapper Dream. At JB50705, Julio or Julio says, The girl who tapped too much from Thy Brendan says, Lisa Simpson in This is Spinal Tapper Tapper Tapper. Ooh, not bad. (laughs) Uh, And at Matt Hamjam, More Rats or Lisa's Red Shoe. So, More Rats was a a popular one. Um, Helen Potter was also going to say More Rats. And uh, finally, here we've got uh, from. Dan, he says, Sticky Vicky Rides Again. That sounds like a porn film. It does indeed. <laughs> and finally, Jake C here. Lisa, don't dance your life away. I think my favorite here from the Twitter the Twitter people this week is, uh, don't you think you can dance? I think that's pretty great. So, well done, Dan Thompson. I think that is well done by Dan. And uh, 
Yeah, look, thank you very much. Keep them coming on the on the Twitter. Yes, fo- follow us. If you haven't already followed us, follow us at, at Four Finger Pod. Guy and I will be putting up there each and every day something new on the Twitter page, so make sure you follow us and you can contribute to the new name segment as well as some other stuff we're going to chuck up. Like I said, we've got a very, very exciting announcement to come in a couple of weeks and you're going to want to follow us on Twitter to get involved with that. So, at Four Finger Pod. <laughs> Oh my God, yes you were. Um, Now, uh, before we uh, go into some of the uh, new titles or alternative titles given us by the patrons, I want to congratulate everyone who's thrown stuff out there. This was a very good week for alternative titles. Um, And even though we are approaching the end of the season and the end of the competition and all that, and, you know, you're probably hearing Dando talking about the leaderboard and thinking, that'll never be me. Sometimes, you know, taking part is just as rewarding as actually winning. But by the way, guys, as Guy said, getting on the leaderboard is a big deal because you know why? Here's a little bonus for you. I've just decided that if you get your name on the leaderboard, even if you don't get into the top three, there's going to be a wild card prize handed out to the rest of you where one random person, I'll put all your names into a draw, and I'll draw one random name out of a hat of the remaining names on the leaderboard, and you will also win a prize. So keep sending your names in, people. Dando lives to give. Um, I yeah, do. I mean, he's the opposite <laughs> of a kleptomaniac. He's actually just giving out stuff as opposed to stealing <laughs> stuff. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, look, this is a really great uh, episode for new titles. Um, as Dando mentioned, you know, a few plays on Mall Rats. Uh, our man Jordan Moleman Rich, he came up with Mall Brats. Ooh, I like it. Thing. That's very good. Well done. That's not too bad. That's, that's up there. Another sort of variation that we saw a few things on was... Uh, Happy Feet, the uh, the tap dancing penguin mm-hmm. movie, and it's and a sequel titled Happy Feet Two. Wow, who saw that coming? But um, <laughs> you know, so we get uh, you know Tappy Feet from our man Geroid Harrahill. Very or, good. Or Crappy Feet from Tom Pickering. So um, <laughs> you know, there were a few variations on that kind of thing. What else did we get before we get to the old three, two, one of it all? Um, here's one that we actually saw a lot of. And okay. I say to my shame that I actually had to Google this because I'm like, what, it, what, what is that? Uh, it's just tap it in. And of course, that is from That's uh, Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. That's Happy Gilmore. Now, I'm, I think I may be more of a Billy Madison guy than a Happy Gilmore guy. Or maybe I'm more of a Waterboy guy than I am a, <laughs> either a Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore guy. But just tap it in. Made a fair few appearances. Man, I was going to uh, say to you earlier, the, the tapper, tapper, tapper always reminds me of just... just Tap it in, just tap it in. <laughs> it's it's that's one of those quotes that when you're playing golf, just when just the average people are playing golf who don't really care, that quote gets said at least once every time someone's having a putt. Just tap it in, just tap it in. Well, here's the thing: I'm pointing out the generation gap between Dando and myself. <laughs> Whenever there's golf, he's going to go to Happy Gilmore. I'm going to go to Caddyshack. There's yeah, going to okay. be a lot of no, 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 or no, 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 no. So it's it's a Cinderella story. Oh, he got he got out of that one. <laughs> Just so you can do a Bill Murray impersonation. Oh, very um, much. <laughs> we um we should definitely be doing reviews of both Caddyshack and Happy Gilmore then, and seeing how I they hold up should. today. I think we should, yeah. And you know, you can you know voice well. Of course, we'll sing the praises of both, but yes, I mean, we'll be talking about pivotal movies of our uh, of our formative years. Absolutely, because the, uh, the the Happy Gilmore Billy Madison double shot was the Saturday morning. Uh, the Saturday night fucking special at the Dando household in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and at mine, it was a uh, double feature of Animal House and Caddyshack. So there yes. we go. <laughs> uh, but Jordan Moleman Richie uh, was the uh, first one I saw him saying just tap it in, but a few others uh, also did likewise. Well, he didn't That's say just tap it, tap it in. 
Well, some said just tap a tap a tap it in, and some said yeah. just tap it in. Yeah, okay, fair uh, enough. Yeah, you know, you had variations on a theme. What else mm-hmm. do we have here before we get to the old three, two, one? James Booth had want to dance. There's a clap for that, as opposed mm-hmm. to there's an app for that. That I thought yep. that was pretty good. Uh, Jimmy Faruja, or to put your spin on it, Jimmy Faruja. Uh, <laughs> I so, wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clap, tap, and do, as opposed to tap, tap, clap, tap, and go. It's not bad. Yeah, that might that might do for the time being because we're going to start getting to the whole th- the whole yes. un, un de trois of it all. So let's, let's start with three, one. Ones. Yes, indeed. Uh, and with one point this uh, time around, it is Gear Top Gearoid Harahill. Um, mm. you know, he he had uh, he had tappy feet as mentioned, uh, but he also had give Lisa dance. That's now, great. I really like that. It's good, and you know he he very thoughtfully put underneath it the wiki uh, link to. Give I, I do like that he always puts links to things that he's referencing, <laughs> <laughs> because as we all know, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, but I mean that's that's actually so good that you could give Lisa dance. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, it sounds exactly like give give peace a chance, but yeah. So I really enjoy that, and yeah, props to Gear for that one. Uh, two points. Go to our uh, our friend in the north, the Viking Henrik Vinterland. Mm. Henrik, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're probably nowhere near Vikingville or anything like that. But I like Has to think it, of you as a Viking. I don't um, see Henrik on the board at all. Is this his first appearance? Have we not had Henrik? I'm sure we've said his name once or twice. Maybe oh. he's asked us questions or something. Possibly, yeah, we've definitely asked a question. Yeah, well, Henrik, if you have, I don't have you on the leaderboard, but anyway, two points to Henrik. He's on the board oh, Hen- now. Yeah, <laughs> and Henrik, you, you're in Dando's, uh, you know, magic. Uh, Lucky dip draw now, so mm. oh yeah, snuck in at the last minute, bud. With for two points, the show the shoes that couldn't slow down. Oh, a, yes, a back nice reference back to <laughs> yes, <laughs> a nice meta reference, a good one. Uh, but atop, and very proudly because he's thrown up. Well, they've thrown up some numbers this week because they've got a few really good ones, and I'll read them out before we get to uh, the actual winning one. But um, it's D.L. Gorman. Uh, with a f- well, here's a few of their alternatives: Maul M A U L, the Chiefs Puma, and Maul M A W L, the Chiefs Men, couldn't put Millhouse together again. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> it's a that bit was, wordy. That, that was a fucking hilarious moment. <laughs> it actually shocked me when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah, it's a very wordy tile, but I liked it. On I liked what DL did there. Uh, DL also came up with Dance Dance Disillusion. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? The Last Temptation of Lisa. Uh, and, yeah, I think that may well be it. But uh, but his winning entry, as far as I'm concerned, was Strictly Mall Room. Because I think it combines the two elements, the two stories that does uh, very of this well. episode. That's a, that's a very good title. Yes, in a, in a, a very neat package. So... Props to you, DL. Three points. Uh, I don't know. Well, Dando's going to do the maths and figure out uh, if that brings you higher up the leaderboard. Uh, well, it's funny you say that, Mr. Davis, because Andrew Parker is now still in third position on 12 points. Mm-hmm. DL Gorman is in second position on 19 <gasps> points. And Garode Harrahill is atop of the mountain on 20 points. It's one point the difference. It's so tight, and how many, we've only got like two episodes left this season. Is there only two left? 
I believe so. It's a 22-episode season. I this think, is so. episode 20. Holy shit, man. We've flown through I, this season. It's gone so fast. Where has the time gone? No, time, it's been we've fun. Had, we've had yeah. fun, so time has flown. Oh, man. Garode, I want Garode and DL to start uh, you know, sending shade to each other, throwing some shade. <laughs> oh, you're going to start start some beef in the, uh, in the comment section. <laughs> start what they used to... In the very early days of the internet, they'll have what we, what they used to be called a flame war, which is basically just you know insulting each other in the internet. No, okay, sorry, just, just, just the it's battle cool. of keyboard warriors. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys, thanks for contributing to the new name segment. Like I said, uh, if you do, if you aren't a patron, that's perfectly fine. You can contribute as well. Just follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and throw your your new names in there each and every week. And if you are a patron and you are worried that you're not going to win, don't stress because, like I just said. If you manage to get yourself on the leaderboard, I will throw in a wild prize where some random person who's not in the top three will be drawn out of the hat. And they'll win a prize as well. Oh. So, thank you so much, guys, once again for contributing. All righty, let's get into the review, Mr. Davis. Last tap dance in Springfield. Originally aired in the States on May 7th in the year 2000. The chalkboard gag is, I will not dance on anyone's grave. And the catch gag is um, the family, uh, sorry, the living room is like a jungle and Marge, Lisa, Bart and Maggie are all swinging on vines uh, like, Tar- like Tarzan, Homer, however, swings past the couch and crashes, much like George of <laughs> the Jungle does. Alrighty, so how does the episode kick off, Mr. Davis? Well, uh, Homer is, what a shock, watching television, way too close. <laughs> um, and it, it raised a question that I'd like to ask you because he's watching a, a very 2000-ish looking show called The Cyborganizer. Um, which quickly gets retooled because he starts off, you know, sort of doing the paperwork for the cops and then ends up doing uh, paperwork at a modelling agency where he's a single father. Which of those, two ep- of, of those two formats would you prefer? Do you think you'd like the cop one or the models one? Well, I think I would much prefer the model one. I want to see. I, think, I want to see a single father robot. How how he handles the situation. That that little I child so was, was, well. was adorable. Yeah. I love you, father. I'm like, oh, that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he walks in every week and says that, you got my. I'm going to tune in. Oh yeah, because I mean, yeah, it's it's the well every every cute kid needed a catchphrase, didn't they? I mean, whether it was what you're talking about, Willis, or I don't know, were there other cute? I can't think of any other cute kids. Even when I was a even that when I was a cute kid. kid, I was like, these cute kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> was there other kids in sitcoms that had catchphrases? Who said I'm dynamite? Sure. That wasn't a kid, was it? No, well, no, no. He was a full-grown man, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Walker, <laughs> kid Daniel Matt. I mean, um, did Webster have a catchphrase? Do you, did you ever watch Webster? No, I didn't, know. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah. There, there's no more egregious so. rip-off of, of different strokes than Webster. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, people seem to like little black kids. <laughs> let's, let's, find a, let's find a really small one and team him up with a big white guy. And, you know, it'll just be, oh... But it's, um, but it's, many sitcoms have their have their catchphrases. This is what The Simpsons based the whole freaking show around. Every character has a catchphrase. Oh, of course. Oh, look, there's nothing wrong with a good catchphrase. Uh, so yes, it starts off with Homer watching the uh, Cyborganizer, and uh, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, yeah, Cyborganizer. Cyborganizer. I had. I, I was just thinking of like this looked like a RoboCop to me. He looked a lot like RoboCop, and I think they actually did call him a RoboCop in the. Um, oh, okay. In the thing, which I'm, yeah, someone's going to get sued. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Robocop has. You look at closely at the post of Robocop or anything. It's, I'm pretty sure it's got a little TM in there somewhere. But uh, oh, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'll, I'll break out my Blu-ray of it later and have a look. But um, he, but he looked like Robocop, and they referred to him as a Robocop. Yes, um, but because Homer's sitting too close to the TV, like you said, 
Marge says that um, he should, she suggests that Homer should get his eyes checked. I didn't really like when Homer's like, if you keep telling me to stop or interfering with me watching TV, it's going to be bad for you. I was like, eh, that's a bit of a, it's a bit of a threat there. I don't really like that. It's it, like fucking It was abuse. a bit dickish. <laughs> it, it was a line that I think I I did remember, if not specific from this episode. I'm pretty sure that's something that I've probably echoed in the past in a Homer voice. So I'm not you know insulting the person who says, don't watch so much TV. Talking about the TV end can be good for you. So, <laughs> just hearing a husband say it to his wife, though, I, don't, I just felt me—I felt a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, it's no, yeah, oh yeah, it's not cool. It's, it's it's a dreadful thing to say, and it's pretty bad even coming from Homer, who you know, you, you know that he likes his TV, and you really shouldn't um, poke the bear while the TV's on. But still, yeah, yeah that did sound a bit sort of. Hmm, that's not like you, Homer. <laughs> uh, they Marge mentions that she's going to be going to the mall to buy camping supplies for Bart. What fucking camp are they going to? When I, whenever I had a school camp, there were supplies. You just packed your bag and you went. Like, you didn't have to take camping supplies. I know. That's a, yeah, that, that sounds a bit rich. Yeah. You'd have to sort of... I mean, <laughs> unless... You know, maybe you had to take your own sleeping bag or something. You packed your jammies and your, your pillow or something, but you didn't take camping supplies. <laughs> we need something quick. My husband's eyes are really sharp. Touch the sky, Maggie! Whee! Touch the sky! Dad, I've got Maggie. Who said that? They realise that Homer clearly needs glasses because he thinks he's throwing Maggie, but he's actually throwing... Oh, what, oh what's that? Is it Gerald? baby's name? Gerald, that is. I was going to say Jerome. Gerald, Gerald the mono-brown baby, yes. yes. The, arch, the arch enemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did really appreciate Bart pretending... Oh, about to throw a tantrum. It's so relatable to me now because Ali's just hit that age where, oh, oh. you're not going to give me what I want? Okay, I'm just going to lay on the floor and kick and scream. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'd say this as... Um, someone who enjoys a bit of mall browsing and all that kind of stuff these days. Um, I can probably relate to Bart in that regard because, I mean, I think, you know, even back in the day when your mum or your dad was going to buy you something, like new shoes or whatever, it's kind of like, oh, do we have to? And it's stuff mm. that you're going to get. It's stuff that you're going to benefit from. But still, I was like, oh, when's this going to be over? Oh, I Want to go to the toy department? Or exactly, along those lines. exactly right. Because yeah. you have to. Walk, they always make sure you walk past the toy department before you get to the shit stuff. It's like I want to go. <laughs> I want to go to there. Though. I don't want to go. We'll come back to it. Come back to it. And then Mum would make you take the long way back so you skip the toy section and then exit the store. But I used to always dread um, having to get new school uniforms every year. You have the school uniform day. We'd have to go get measured. And I was just like, oh, this is painful. I used to hate it. <laughs> I hate shopping. Just give me a deck of cards and I'll win whatever I need from the other kids. But you need to try things on. Every brand has a different idea of husky. I'm in tantrum position. T minus five, four, three, remembering dead cat for real tears. Fine, you win. I'll do your shopping for you. Tantrum averted. But now I can't forget the cat. Okay, let's get started. Oh. Hey, wake up! Oh, yeah. Sorry. Now read the first line. I ate pee-pee. <laughs> oh, you little... <laughs> better or worse? Worse! Better or worse? Much better. This is just classic Bart. I ate pee-pee. It's, <laughs> uh, well, as you said, very low brow, so I'm sure you appreciated it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Also got a kick out of Homer falling asleep straight away as well. Just <laughs> lights out straight away. That's me now. But man, 
I, I know I'm not old. I'm 31. But I get home from work now, and if I park my ass in front of that television, I'm done. I just, oh. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't sit through a 45-minute show anymore. I just fall asleep. I don't know what that... <laughs> Nicholas probably saying to you, don't, no sitting down. We're supposed to be going out for dinner. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he gets, his, he gets his new lenses. Or no, she says you can get new lenses or you can get this, um, this eye surgery. He chooses the procedure to prevent having to go through more glasses. You, you mentioned earlier about you, you weren't too happy with um, Homer's sort of veiled threat to Marge when he's in front of the TV. The choking of Bart, which has become a bit of a staple of The Simpsons mm. by this stage, it seemed to go on a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, you're right. Now, admittedly, it served the joke with the whole, uh, yeah, no, I'm not seeing that. Oh, that works. Yeah, but so they had to go on for a bit. It was like, yeah, he's, probably, he's probably tapping out by that stage. I, th- I think it's because... Um because when when he's strangling Bart, they animate it in a way where it just looks cartoony, so you don't sort of buy into it as like yes. actual abuse. But just the threat of if you don't leave me alone, it will be bad for you. <laughs> These things coming to your head, where you're like, oh, where's that going to lead to? <laughs> this is a side I don't think I want to see. So Marge and Lisa go to see Tango de la Muerte. Did I say that right? <laughs> You did indeed, and and with a very nice uh, Latino spin on it. Before they go in, however, they are coming out of uh, uh, Tommy Hill Climber, the outdoor uh, sporting goods place or whatever. And we did talk about, you know, what would they need? What, yeah, you know, why are they going there? And actually, but uh, Mudge does mention that they picked up some Blair Witch repellent. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that was a good line. So that that that's what they needed. I mean. Maybe that's the only reason they went to the camping goods store or the, the only reason the writers threw in that they went to a camping goods store so they could say Blair Witch Repellent. I mean, I think the movie had only been out for a year, so yeah. um, it was still for, so fresh in people's minds. And honestly, hearing that line made me think, I've got that on, on DVD around here somewhere. I think I might watch Blair Witch Project tonight. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I remember seeing it back in the day and just being absolutely terrified. I listened to a review of it about... Oh, about a week ago, just this, this podcast to listen to called um, Hey, Do You Remember? Good podcast. Check it out, guys. Um, where they just go back and watch old films from like the 80s, 90s. And they're people mm-hmm. my age. So it's sort of like they get films where they loved it as a kid or they remember. But this is kind of going back and seeing whether the movies still hold up. And I honestly don't think I've watched Blair Witch Project from start to finish because A, I wasn't allowed to watch it when it first came out. And then I started watching it when I was like a teenager and I, was, and I got like distracted. I was like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And that interest has always been there of like, I'm going to have to go back and watch this film properly. But everyone tells me, and I mentioned this in the review as well, it's like, it doesn't quite have the same impact when you know it's just all a movie. And obviously, you know it's a movie, but it was marketed at the time as being something that could be real. And that was the whole, that was the whole, I, I remember that sort of like that whole hype about, oh my God, it's like footage of people actually getting killed by a witch. Like it was so, so intriguing to me. But then the second... And it, I don't silly, but the second I realized, oh, it's just a, it's just a film, I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested anymore. Mm. The magic's gone. Oh, well, I remember a, a, a friend of mine had, I think it was available on DVD in the US before it got released in cinemas here. And he'd imported it via Amazon or something, whatever. And this, and this was back in early 2000s or even late 99 when this that that kind of thing was not a novelty but it's like oh wow <laughs> you know it probably cost three times as much to actually ship it as it did to buy the disc <laughs> um, and i watched it over at his place like really late at night and um yeah i mean i knew it was a movie but at the same time i was like well, 
this is, you know, for a, a fake documentary or a mockumentary or whatever, this is doing a pretty good job. And that whole end bit in the witch's house or whatever. With the guy in the um, corner. And that final image of like, oh, that. Oh, that's what happens when the, when the witches are around. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and then it just cuts to black. Yeah, it's like, mm, wow. That I mean, I wasn't you know going all ah. This is the scariest thing ever. But I it did sort of get under my skin, just like dread, as opposed to being scared. It's funny because my, my uncle's got this story of us. You reckon? Because he said he was so excited when it first came out, and he just goes, he remembers being in the cinema when it finished and it went to black, and someone just yells out, "That's it." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I will. Maybe that's another movie we should review because I'm really looking forward to. I, I want to go back and check it out. So um, we should definitely do that. Yeah. All right. So they've 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 gone in to see. Sorry, we took a bit of a detour there. Let's go back to Tango de la Muerto, Tango of Death. I believe that stands for. Oh, okay. Thank you for the heads up. So Lisa, she's going in, going, oh yeah, whatever. He's not going to pick the nerdy girl. Blah blah blah. Turns out she's actually rocking. And um, yeah, it, <laughs> it's it a bit actually, of a yeah, bit of she's all that syndrome. Yes, yeah. And then Lisa sort of she it makes her fall in love with dance, doesn't it? She wants to become a dancer because you know even nerdy girls can get the get the guy in the end. Yes, even even uh, what's her name, Lisa Bella, with uh, Yardley Smith's uh, voice. Yeah, with, uh, apparently she's only voiced <laughs> two other characters on The Simpsons now, both this season, and that was one of them. Like, oh, let's have a look at who the other one was. But yeah, continue. Mm. Tell us about the film. I really enjoyed it. Oh, of, of Tango Duela Murder? Yeah, yeah. What did you like about it? I thought I, I loved the thrust towards the women as you was picking them. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did I like about I, I did like that. I mean, we mentioned um, the strictly ballroom sort of connection before. I mean, at the end when they're actually doing the the, <laughs> the tango tango of death that actually, I don't know, I think, did it kill his twin brother or something? I can't remember. But um, I'm not too sure. Yeah, but uh, I think they're both dressed like Paul McCuro and Tara Maurice in Strictly Boring, which had come out like maybe five years beforehand, but I think had a big impact. I mean, I think, you know, it's sort of, <laughs> it got a lot of people down Strictly Boring. Um, I, I don't know, I thought it was good fun. I mean, <laughs> I did like at the very end after they've completed this, uh, you know, beautiful sort of erotic dance routines like you're now carrying my child <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure that's Hank Azaria doing that doing that voice because I think he likes his um his south of the border accents by the way Yardley also voiced Uvalu EO Katana 1J Lisa Jr from Missionary Impossible oh okay then there we go yeah thank you Google no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not. Thank you, Google. Dan Don just knew that he pulled it out of his own. <laughs> oh, mom, I want to be a dancer. That's wonderful, honey. We should ask your father, though. Where is he anyway? Now, homie, when we get to the liquor store, buy me some Jack Daniels and a carton of smokes. Yes, dear. <laughs> Did you notice um, that Jimbo's beanie was the wrong color? It was like a, a tan. As opposed oh. to the purple. Hmm. Hmm. Not sure I did how that not notice that. Speaking of uh, voice actors, so we're going to have a, a guest star on next week's show, Mr. Davis. I haven't even told you this yet. Wow. Wait a minute. Okay. So, yep. Hit me. So Give it to me, there's baby. A ma- there's a man going around at the moment who's or trying to get him trying to get himself on The Simpsons, basically. He's been, he can voice many different characters. Um, so recently they announced that there'll be no characters of color being voiced by white people anymore. So mm-hmm. this guy's his name is Jaden. Jaden Libran, I want to say, um, he has got in contact and he's going to be coming on the show next week and he's going to be, you know, just telling us all about how he's been in contact with people on the show and uh, what's what the next step is for him. So, pretty exciting news for that Simpsons fan. Oh, eh? okay then. 
Interesting. Yes. I look forward so, to uh, having Jaden on board. Yes, yeah, so Jaden will be on next week's show. You can all tune in and look forward to that. But uh, so Lisa, yes, she's fallen in love with the film. But she now she she has enrolled at Little Vicky's Dance Studios, or she's gone to enroll with Marge. And <laughs> I always enjoy Skinner and Agnes moments. She's just so <laughs> she's so cruel to him. <laughs> uh, we also get the square dancing class. Um, Lisa says here that she wants to do tango, but unfortunately, Vicky says no. We're going to make you do tap. And she says to Marge, Marge says, oh, no, I think she really wants to do tango. Don't live through your child. Because <laughs> so, many, so many parents do that. That's, <laughs> I think that's what this episode was sort of taking the piss out of to an extent was, you know, parents who just want to live vicariously through their children because they're oh, never yeah. talented enough to do it themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I've been fortunate in that regard. I don't think, I don't think my parents took that much interest in any sort of... Uh, um, At all. <laughs> yes, no. Existing. <laughs> Didn't then, don't now. <laughs> Bart and Milhouse get on the school bus to go for camp. Uh, Nelson kicks them off the bus. Did, oh, I don't, think, I don't did, think he kicks them off the bus. I think they make an escape because they don't want to get pounded all week. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. Did, I think so. Did school, do school buses have back doors? Um, American ones do, I, I suspect. Well, I think so. Okay, yeah. I was going to say because I couldn't those remember whether our school bus had. I'm pretty sure our school bus didn't have back doors. I couldn't remember. I remember that uh, I used to be on a school bus that had like. I mean, I think if you like, if it had an accident or something, you could really sort of kick out the back window. Now I yeah, don't think this anyone was, ever. This actually was just did a legitimate door for shits yeah. and giggles. No, but I didn't see a door or anything like that. Mm. Bart suggests that you know, let's go, we've got the whole week to ourselves now. Our parents think we're going to be at school camp, and we're not. What can we do? The idea of being in the mall for the entire week as a ten-year-old does sound pretty exciting, don't you think? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole new world. I mean, yeah. um, well, I think yeah that that uh, Homer's little spiel about it that Bart remembers and does not share with Millhouse is is right on. So, oh, the mall has it all. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if that was an actual sort of um, slogan, uh, slogan or or, or a jingle. For malls, because I've heard more than one person say the mall has it all. I mean, it's kind of a natural thing to say because it, you know, hey, rhymes. But um, whether it was like an official thing, like you know, an official catchphrase or slogan that different places yeah. use, yeah. But yeah, I mean, oh, look, being a ten-year-old at being a ten-year-old in like even Market Square or Westfield Bay City down here in Geelong, which are you know not great malls in the in the scheme of things, but they're still pretty exciting. I mean, that would hey, be great. They, they had everything the 10-year-old Dando needed. Oh, yeah, and not to mention 10-year-old guy. Except, you know, I'd probably have to, Well, I've got a little Wendy's hot dog island, so, you know, oh, it's hot dogs and milkshakes for di- breakfast, lunch, and dinner all week. It's just like my dad always says. For an evening or a week, there's no place like the mall. Food, fun, and fashion, the mall has it all. What? What did he say? So I did also get a kick out of Milhouse not seeing what Bart saw. Yep. <laughs> what, did he, what did he say? <laughs> We're now at the dance lesson and we get the introduction to Tappa Tappa Tappa. Now, the key to great dancing is one word. Tappa Tappa Tappa. Tappa Tappa Tappa. Teacher, my shoes are making noise. So all the kids are basically learning very, very fast. And Lisa, she is just not good. Kind of cruel here. Don't laugh at her. She might have a medical condition. Do you? No? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. 
Barton Millhouse are now at the. Is it? We say mall, right? Or do, some people say mall. I've always said mall. Is that because I, I watch too much mall. American I think we TV? We say mall. Yeah, mall. Okay, Americans yeah. sometimes say mall. Do they? Okay. Or? Well, we call it this in Geelong here. We say the mall, don't we? I guess. I'd... Oh yeah, maybe. Was that the was that the sound of your mind blowing? <laughs> it was. It was. It was, <laughs> it was more like that. That's that tired hamster in the wheel, just sort of you know trying to gather up a little speed. Mal, I guess, yeah. But then we never say mal rats. No, it's weird. We say we say more rats in the mal. It makes no sense. Certainly does not. Let let let's never talk about this again. Let's just let's never say that word out loud again. The places or the mall closes while Barton Millhouse is still in there, so they decide to hide. Oh, but, 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 but before it does, though, I mean, um, this is a little bit that I did like. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> just going by stands and stands playing on his on his uh, keyboard, and I don't know who's doing the voice, but I mean, it's it's. It I sounds like exact- it sounds like Castellanata. Does sound yeah, like I'm not sure of the accent. That sounds like like a Chicago accent or something, but it's a great giant discounts on your favorite major brands. <laughs> 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 I just love that accent for some reason. And Stan seemed really happy to be like, you know, shilling his stuff. It's like, you know, Dan's probably a frustrated musician. Maybe he plays in a cover band on a Saturday night or like a wedding band or something along those lines. Wanted to be a rock star. And, you know, for a few minutes a day, he probably gets to indulge his muso dreams by, you know, doing his little Stan's jingle. It's it. <laughs> I thought it was really sweet. It's funny because I watch the episodes now. And moments like that, I said, I'm like, I bet your guy really appreciates this. And I, I knew that you would. I'm sorry that I skipped that. I didn't mean to. Um, so, yeah. So, the, so the mall is now closing and Barton Millhouse are going to, uh, to hide somewhere, which you would assume would have been the plan from the beginning anyway. And they realize, well, they fall into a candy store. I, I love to hear when um, Bart was, and it's true, he's chewing on something. He's like, flavor's gone. Flavor's gone. <laughs> it happens to chew it. When I was a kid, I used to get my nan, you know, God bless her soul, she's gone now. But my nan Marlene, her, I used to always go through a chewy packet. She had the, you know, the, the PK chewy? Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, after about 30 seconds of chewing on it, the flavor's gone. Yep, throw that one out. Next one, next one, next <laughs> one. <laughs> yep, you just, it, it's it's like drugs, man. You you, you need to get that uh, that initial flavor hit, you know? Yes, like, yeah. Uh, okay, nope, need more now. Need more. Another piece. They have a shoe fight throwing the um the golf shoes that looks very painful oh golf shoe right in the back of the neck i also noticed there was a deleted scene on the dvd set of this moment here of this scene where millhouse is scuba diving in the pond but he's scuba diving for the the coins like the wishing well coins (laughs) and then they uh they go the cookie dough uh that that looks delicious i mean there's some cookie dough cookie dough if you have too much is very sickly but if you have just enough oh it is so good oh yeah absolutely I'm, a, I'm partial to cookie dough ice cream from our friends at Ben and Jerry's. Nicola's actually got some of that. She, it's funny. Oh. So, Nicola, she loves the Ben and Jerry's. And, you know, when you've got a pregnant wife, you do what you can to make sure that she stays happy at all times. And <laughs> at all costs, they had, yes. they had the Ben and Jerry's ice cream on, um, on special the other day. So, I, mm-hmm. so I bought eight tubs. <laughs> How many tubs, did you say? Eight. Eight tubs. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. <laughs> Of, of any of like all different flavors or just uh... no, she can only have a sl- I think it's like two or three different ones because of the nut allergy. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So we have an ice, a freezer full of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I've noticed in Australia that there are certain Ben and Jerry's flavors, however, that, that aren't available. Well, not available at okay. supermarkets at least. And look, I would probably take one bite of this and think, uh, okay, yeah, I don't think I want any more of this. But I'm really dying to try Cherry Garcia. I mean, for some reason, cherry ice cream just sounds like a really good idea to me. I did mean, cherry col- did cherry cola sound like a good idea to you until you tasted it? Maybe. I, I think I might have had cherry Coke and thought, oh, that's not bad. But I mean, then I'm just going back to regular Coke or Coke Zero. Yeah, but for some reason, it just, I mean, and I'm not even that huge a Grateful, Grateful Dead fan because it's clearly named after Jerry Garcia. I, I, I mean, but, I, I want to try it purely for the name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've tried, I tried fish food, P-H-I-S-H food. And I'm not even a fan of the band Fish, but uh, that, I thought but that, that, that was that, that was a flavour of ice cream. Fish food, fish food. Yes, I mean Ooh, Ben and Jerry. What, they put a lot of well, they put a bit of thought into their names. What was the flavour of fish food though? Um. Oh well, what did it have? It had like chocolate little little chocolate fish in it. Maybe ah. it was a caramel kind of ice. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it was vanilla with a caramel swirl through it and little chocolate fish. My favourite sort of um, you know. Uh, What's the word? Like, like a, a good ice cream like Ben & Jerry's when you've got not just your plain vanilla, chocolate, whatever. My favorite gourmet ice cream, I guess you could say, is oh, it's going to have a bit of honeycomb in it. I always like honeycomb chocolate, uh, honeycomb ice cream. It's always my favorite. Honeycomb and uh, chop chip or cookie dough or something mixed together. Oh, it's pretty good. Oh, having said that, look, I, I went to the doctor and go and, you know, sort of got the works done and, you know, got my blood done and all that. And it's like, you, need, you need to change your lifestyle? Uh, it was a bit of a change of lifestyle talk. I mean, not, not dramatically so, but it's like, all right, these numbers are actually pretty good. I mean, for my age and the, you know, total lack of interest I take in my well-being, I was actually not bad. Um, but, you know, I did sort of get a bit of a change of lifestyle thing on certain things. And I think it was like, okay, you better soft pedal some of, you know, various things. I'm, she's like, eh. Yeah, I guess maybe, you know, processed meats, ice cream. I said, all, all the good stuff? Yeah, all the good stuff. So, yeah, sort of going to have to soft pedal on the ice cream. But I think I can maybe treat myself every once in a while. And when I do, I'll probably hit the Ben & Jerry's shelf. Well, you are, you are running 10Ks every day these days, so. <laughs> yeah, usually from, uh, I don't know, people that I owe money to or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but, uh, yeah, so um, how do we get talking about ice cream? <laughs> um, how did we get to talk about ice cream? Cherry Garcia. I'm trying to backtrack. Cherry Garcia. Cookie dough. Cookie dough. Ice cream. Cookie dough. Ben and Jerry's. Yes. Um. But so also we get here the raft on the escalator. The second that raft was tossing the escalator, I was just in my head going, "Well, that's not going to end well." I've never had that fear of escalators though. The and like, oh, the cuff of my jeans is going to get caught in the escalator, and uh, no, it's going. I mean, I've never been afraid of that, but I think there are people out there who are deathly afraid of. You know, getting caught in an escalator and like having it chew up your foot or something along those lines. I I got my shoelace caught in it once. I oh, used for to real? Have a, yeah, when I was uh, so I was would have been about eight or nine. Yeah, my sho- it didn't suck me down or anything. It just my my foot got caught, and of course I was terrified, thinking I was going to get sucked into the machine. But no, it just sort of was preventing my foot from being lifted up. So it was, my foot was just sort of held in position. But yeah, my shoelace because my shoelace was untied got caught at the top. So people, if you're ever ever on an escalator, make sure your shoelaces are tied up. Tie your shoelaces, kids. <laughs> yes. The mall owner just can't understand what's happened. And this is what I've got here. Well, there's no security, but if you forget, you know, it is Springfield, so maybe they don't have security. It would be a very Springfield thing to do. Yeah. They, um, <laughs> they say, what are we going to do? So, William suggests that it must have been a giant rat and you have to close the mall despite the fact that it's President's Day weekend. All the old people at the door like zombies trying to get in. <laughs> we 
so that sort of sets up the, 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 the main story of the B plot. The dance lesson now, Lisa is just simply not improving at all. Uh, Lisa's bad dancing makes my feet sad. Uh, let's take five. What am I doing wrong, little Vicky? Well, you're falling a lot. Maybe you should work on that. Yeah, well, no offense, but maybe I need a little more instruction than just tapa tapa tapa. Why, back when I was your age, I had 43 movies under my belt, and I had to do it without tapa tapa tapa. I would have killed for tapa tapa tapa. Sorry, I'm just frustrated. Well, you'll never save Grandpa's farm with that attitude. You've just got to turn that frown upside down. That's a smile, not an upside down frown. Work on that, too. Yeah, I must admit that was a, a good call by Lisa. It's like, yeah, little V doesn't seem to be offering much advice. Yes, yeah, so this this one word that you're just dragging out, that's, that's not helping. No. <laughs> Can you actually show me what to do? Hey, I got a postcard from Bart. Dear Mom and Homer, I'm having fun. Oh, it sounds like he's having fun. Why does it have a picture of Vitamin Barn? Didn't you ever go to camp? The old Vitamin Barn. There's our Broadway baby. Uh... Hey, dig that crazy rhythm. I'm just walking. Listen, I know I said I wanted to be a dancer, but... And you will be a dancer. Look at you, all sugar and spice instead of equations and test tubes. You're daddy's precious dancing queen. And you look adorable. Now, honey, what were you trying to say before we kept interrupting with our loving proudness? Yes, our tiny tapper. What was it you were going to say after I wanted to be a dancer, but... But I just... Need more practice. See ya! Oh, what's that awful sound? The furnace? It's me! And it just It just seems to come completely out of nowhere, doesn't it? <laughs> It does, it does. Where, you know, where's your support for Lisa's fantastic blues stylings on the saxophone? Come That's on, what guys. I was thinking too. Yeah, exactly. But it- Or her, you know, exemplary attendance record at school, which, you know, she got the trophy for. Yeah, the things that she is genuinely good at. The thing is, though, I did love here the very parent thing of, what's that awful sound? It's me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We come back and little Vicky, um, well, we see the, the little Vicky film that Lisa is watching with her sick cat. Uh, this was just great. I just thought it was hilarious. We can dance. Yeah, it's very <laughs> much a riff on Shirley Temple and uh, the great Bill Bojangles Robinson who you know, had a few dance routines together in Shirley Temple's films of whenever they were out. I think it was the, I think it was the 30s. Why is you so down, little Miss Vicky? My kitty cat's sick, and I'd be ever so sad if she should die. Well, I'm no animal doctor or nothing, but whenever I'm feeling poorly, you know what fixes me up? Dancing. Dancing? Dancing. I did also love the um the cat with just that rubbing its eyes. What? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the police and they're setting up the Acme kit. It's so great. We can hear. My mistake was grabbing the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Frink is setting up the ship for the recital And Lisa is given the job of curtain puller Because she's just not quite good enough What did you think here of the, of the gag? Giving everyone equal part when they're just not equal Is what, kids? Communism! <laughs> it's pretty funny I mean, it, look, it's something it reminded me of And this is a bit of a, a, bit of a sidetrack But, um, of course, um, one of the I'd say a fairly pivotal part of the Simpsons development is Brad Bird, right? You know, who went on to make Ratatouille and... The Iron Giant. 
and of course, yeah, Dando's favourite film, The Iron Giant, um, and The Incredibles and a few other things. And you'll have very, I think you've got a few people who say, oh, gee, I don't like sort of Brad Bird's philosophy about, you know, some people are just better than others and they should be allowed to do whatever they please. I mean, some people take real issue with that. You know, I'm like, no, everyone should have a free go and everyone should get like a participation ribbon and all that kind of stuff. And I've always been of a mind that's like, I don't think that's really his message. I think it's more like, you know, if you've got a, a skill or an ability and you're better at something than someone else, you have an innate responsibility or, you know, it's implied that you, you should use that power or skill or ability for the betterment of everyone around you. That's what I think yes, anyway. You're, you're, it's, it's, uh, you can apply it to sport. If someone is your best goal kicker, then you make sure that they are the one who are having shots at goal. Like you, if, if, they're the, if, if they're the best at something, let them do that job because it makes the overall team better, like you said. Yeah, and I mean, look, I'm all for everyone getting a shot and, you know, occasionally if you can, I don't know, ensure that everyone gets a kick at goal or everyone, you know, gets a shot at the hoop or whatever. That's how you play basketball, right? You shoot at the hoop? I don't know. Look, I think in, in terms of a, <laughs> a dance recital with a bunch of, how old is Lisa? Eight-ish? She's eight, yes, correct. Yeah, with a bunch of eight, nine-year-olds, whatever. I think, you know, you're not going to expect the Bolshoi Ballet with this, and you can probably have someone who is substandard on stage as well. and Maybe not as substandard as Lisa, though. That's true, I mean, because she really does suck. <laughs> well, she's falling over all the time. She, she is really not very good. <laughs> so, um, look, it's interesting. I mean... Um, I think the whole communism thing is, yeah, clearly taking it to extremes. Um, but of course, you know, little Vicky uh, sent, you know, Morse code tap messages to the Allies. So you know, she's probably she's probably still deep in the Cold War. So yeah, communism is is not uh, not good. <laughs> All right, I'll be the stupid curtain puller. <laughs> Smoothly. Pull-a, pull-a, pull-a. I get your pull Excuse me, Lisa, but I couldn't help it overhear your nerdly predicament. Maybe I can be of assistance with the dancing and twisting and the kung fu fighting. Deedle-deedle-dee-doo. I first observed this technology at the airport gift shop. As you see, it responds to any percussive sound with an exuberant shaking of its groove thing. Yeah, yeah. Most entertaining, but how does that help me? Observe. Garvin. Oh, that's brilliant, Professor. What will you think of next? Well, I also found this at the gift shop. Isn't it cute? I'm hoping to turn it into a weapon. <laughs> Ivan Guy will kill you. I've got to go now. I must say, this whole ending just seems a little wacky with the fact that... I mean, I get it that, you know, that the shoes will move because the, because of the clapping and stuff. But when it starts, when Lisa starts copying her movements in regards to doing flips and everything, I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure this little device that he found at the airport cafe is going to be able to do this. But anyway. Um, but yeah, I thought Professor Frank here was hilarious. and uh, Also, that, so- that whole thing with like... You know, dancing cans and big mouth Billy Bass and all that kind of stuff. I think that was very much a sort of a was it a two thousands kind of thing? It was or a, a I think it was like a ninety eight to two thousand and two, two thousand three thing. I think every pool room in Australia had a talking bass. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
And, um, and if, if, if iTunes was a thing in 1998, then what's that? What, was it? what song did he used to sing? Don't worry, be happy. That would have skyrocketed oh, to the top of yeah. the iTunes chart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, what happened? So yeah, so so Professor Frink's. I, I do like here this element of Professor Frink that we've been getting in the last few episodes, where like we we always known that he's crazy, but the the part where he's like, "Eh, the killer," <laughs> like he's just he's actually like he's actually mad. <laughs> I like that side to him. Oh, he's a complete mad scientist, but also yeah, like a nice sort of benign mad scientist. I don't think he actually wants to to kill anyone, but I think he likes the idea of creating something that could kill someone. That's you know, right. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to hurt anybody, but he just likes the idea of being able to make something that, that can. <laughs> which is, <laughs> I don't know. Is it is it just as bad? Who knows? But now the police are. They're out the uh, at the mall with their lions. The first one killed immediately. <laughs> they get the backup line, and uh, this is the part you're talking about with Milhouse doing the, the signals. What I liked more was when Bart's like, "Is it behind the plant?" And Milhouse goes, "Yep." And it's just a quick <laughs> moves the plant, and you just see the lion there and quickly moves it back again. <laughs> uh, so they they're running away. This was a great gag. See the exit sign coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, um, the old cliche, the lion's about to get him, but because lions are cats, they find a big box of, or a big barrel of yarn balls, they throw it. And how cute did that lion look when it was playing with that yarn ball? I've got that written down here. Extremely cute with the the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Cats are going to cat, man, no matter what the size. Yeah. And then we get the Bart, you're a genius, instantly mauled. It happens so quickly. And it's really, I feel like they really turned the volume up for that part. It, like, it's, it startled me because I had the headphones on. I was like, oh, the Simpsons doesn't usually scare me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was a, it was a good bit of, a, good bit of timing from the, uh, from the animators. They did some great work there. Uh, but the police aren't going to bother putting the lion away. So that's kind of just another way of the writer sort of saying, we can't really figure out a way of getting this lion back to where it needs to go. We'll just have the police oh, yeah. pretend like it's just not there. So then we're back at the uh, at the recital and the kids are all lining up to get their dimpling, which looks extremely painful. It does. I mean, I don't know if it's Sherry or Terry who cops the first one. Who can tell those gals apart? But um, when she got dimpled, she looked like Mo for a second. <laughs> she did, yeah, when he had that photo on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa says that she can dance now, but no, it's too late. Um, Ralph's the star of the show. We cut to Ralph, who's eaten too much plastic candy. This was great. Little Vicky says, there's only one person that can take that spot. Lisa, help me fit into Ralph's costume. (laughs) (laughs) Vicky also pulls the curtain for Lisa, and then the recital has begun. How great was this line from Homer? It's just... Oh, the plot's hard enough to follow as it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was laughing so hard at that. Lisa, but starts it just, it just looked so ridiculous, though. What was the? <laughs> they basically come in the in the spaceship lollipop to Mars to teach the Martian children about the joys of candy. It's like, basically oh. to make them unfit. Yeah, <laughs> to get them all sugared up. <laughs> Lisa starts upstaging a little Vicky, not deliberately. She just she just wants to put on some sort of show, but because people keep clapping for Lisa, uh, she you know she just keeps basically uh, copying everything that little Vicky does. It's a little bit ridiculous, but little Vicky doesn't like being upstaged, does she? Nobody upstages a little Vicky. The Lisa's gone absolutely mad, but I did love their Homer's line of, "Oh, all that pressure we put on her, it's paid off." <laughs> the thing is. This is the thing, like, I know they make that joke, but did they really put that much pressure on it? So, were they deliberately trying to put pressure on it? Because I didn't feel like we actually got that element in the episode. They sh- they seemed like they were, uh, you know, proud of her, 
But at yeah. no point in the episode did it look like they were deliberately putting pressure on her. I don't know. It just felt like there was an it's element to this se- story that they ever deleted or something. I, I don't it's get it. It's a little self-aware on Homer's part. And, yeah, self-awareness is not exactly Homer's strong suit. So, yeah, that that's sort of doesn't ring quite true. Yeah, but I, mean, I, think they, I, think they, I think they wanted to sort of take the piss out of, you know, the, the stage parents, parents who... Yeah, yeah, stage parents, but they didn't really do it. I th- I, although they might have thought that they were, because you know when you had little Vicky say, don't live vicariously through your kids or whatever it was that mm. she said. So they were hinting at that, but at no point during the episode was Marge or Homer ever behaving in that way. Yeah, I don't think that was ever the case. So yeah, Homer saying that is, eh, it doesn't, not 100%. I did enjoy Homer stopping Lisa by just simply tripping her over. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, <laughs> but let's not forget um, we've talked a few. We've talked a, a, a bit about a few of Vicky's lines, but I think we've missed the best one ever, which is when you know um, Lisa's uh, dancing is sort of upstaging little Vicky. Oh, I'm ever so pissed! Oh no, no that, that's, that's after she finds out that she was using the, the fake shoes. Oh, uh. yes, yeah, so that, that's the next moment. So it's coming up. But yes, you are. You're right. I am ever so pissed. <laughs> and, oh my god this actually might have been my favourite moment that I forgot to mention Frank trying to pretend that Lisa was doing it by herself and then Homer's going no 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 it was on the whole time yeah. <laughs> Jesus Mary and Glavin these shoes are in the off position you mean I danced all by myself see honey all you needed was to believe what are you talking about Professor Frank they're clearly in the on position see on I was merely trying to spare the girl's feelings, you insensitive clod. Oh, oh! Well, now that I look even closer, get it, Dad. It was very sweet of Frank to do that, though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, and very Homer to fuck it all up the way he did. I mean, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing with the shoes, by the way. I mean, again, time for another one of guys uh, detours. But the whole thing with the, the shoes that's sort of dancing that, by themselves. T- t- sorry, sorry, for in- sorry, I just want to interrupt you. That is a great title. Like, you know, he had like star tours at, at Disneyland. Guys, detours. Tours. <laughs> Continue. Uh, but the whole thing with the uh, the shoes that it sort of basically controlled the dancer, they're a bit like a, um, a fairy tale by the great Hans Christian Andersen called The Red Shoes, in which um, mm. a little peasant girl, um, I think she's either given or she, she finds a, a, a pair of red shoes that uh, yeah, basically have a life of their own and... Yes, compel her to dance until until she drops. So yeah, it's um, I don't know if that's drops a bit dead. of a shout. Um, I, well, given Hans Christian Andersen, who wrote fairy tales that were about as grim as Grimm's fairy tales, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Hang on a sec. Hmm. I mean, we could probably go to the wiki on this. Um, yeah. Let's that see. Oh, well, um, the thing <laughs> of the plot ends with. Um, <laughs> Karen, oh, her, her name is Karen. Karen been in the news recently, the little mm. girl. Um, her soul flies onto heaven where no one mentions the red shoes. I don't think it ends well. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Love the sound of it. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the writers uh, were paying a little nod to uh, the fairy tale of the red shoes. But yeah, maybe, maybe they're not. I don't know. But, but anyway, yes, back to back to uh, Frink trying to be nice, saying, oh, yes. oh, you had the parrot dancing you the whole time. But uh, no, Homer's just like, what are you talking about? That switch is on. <laughs> God, <laughs> what a dope. And then we, uh, then we get Homer and Marge, who are actually being nice at the end here, saying that, you know, do something you enjoy. Maybe you can write plays instead of being in them. And then Homer touches Frink's weasel. 
And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, it's, they always have to try and sneak in some sort of Homer hurting himself scene, don't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, he kind of had that coming. That's karmic payback for, um, yes, uh, running over, you know, stamping all over Lisa's dreams. Yes, tapping all over them. What did um? <laughs> what happened in the um in the credits? Anything at the end this time in the Gracie? Um, I to be don't tell I, me I, you didn't watch. I'm pretty sure I watched the Gracie, and I don't think there was. Oh no, there I think there was tapper tapper tapper. I had those tapper tapper tapper. Okay, yeah, that I makes think. Sense. Oh god, I'm, it's it's been a whole twenty four hours since I watched the episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Out there, if you're if you're um, willing to rewatch uh, Last Tap Dance in Springfield and willing to make it all the way to the Gracie, let me know if there is Tapper Tapper Tapper. If there isn't, that seems like a missed opportunity. But I'm pretty sure they did. But yes, seriously though, this episode it's not a great deal to it. I mean, the the, the B plot's fun despite its sheer wackiness, and it's it's there's also not even really that much to it there, except for the fact that if you're channeling your inner ten year old, it does seem like a great time being locked inside the mall. The Lisa story. It, it's fine. It's 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 one of those episodes, like I said at the start, that it reminds me of an episode from like season seven or eight. The, the elements of the story and the B plot, the way it all works together, but it didn't quite hit the mark. But it was by mm-hmm. no means a bad episode. It's just I feel like it could have probably been been improved with a few tweaks here and there, but still, it was it was solid enough. Oh yeah, look, I'm not I'm I'm not disappointed, but nor am I overwhelmed. I'm uh, I'm a happy medium. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? What did I learn? Um, well, I mean, look, Lisa doesn't. Lisa comes away from this whole experience like, um, okay, dancing's not her thing, but you know, she gave it a shot, and that's you know something that I recommend to people. Or, I mean, if I've got any kind of life wisdom at all, it's like if you think you have an interest in something, even if you think you may not have an aptitude for it or anything like that, give it a shot regardless. I mean. Have you ever thought that there might be something that you're really, really good at? I'm saying this to you, Dando, um, but you've never actually tried it. I mean, you could be like a world-class diver, for instance, like a competitive diver, like um, Greg Luganis. He's he's the only one I remember. He's the guy, I think he was an American uh, Olympic diver, and he cracked his head on the board at the Olympics once. Oh, no shit, really? That, oh, yeah, it was pretty what, nasty. Let's what, slip, slip backwards or something. I think he was doing like a you know a tumble tuck or something along those lines. That's not even probably a dive, Ooh. but he yeah he hit his head on the board as he was um, as he was doing the dive, and everyone was <sighs> it was just the ooh heard around the world. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. I mean, if you've never, I'm I'm not I'm assuming you've never actually gone up on the high board and you know sort of done that mm, no, stand I've, up. I've, and then, I've, I've done a tower once, and that was enough for me. I'm yeah, okay. Terrified. But there's <laughs> there's probably there may be something that you haven't done in your yeah. life, um, that you might actually have a real natural knack for. So, yeah, my advice to all the folks out there, and the lesson that I maybe took away from this is give everything a shot if it if it piques your interest in one way or another. And if, if you suck at it, fine. Just Or if you find you don't like it, just say, okay, lesson learned, move on. But you never know. You might find your great passion. I feel like this what did you learn segment can just be yours from now because yours are always so philosophical and like positive. Oh, I don't <laughs> know, dude. I mean, because back, back, back in the day, the what did you learn used to be something that ch- cheap and easy that Mitch and I would do to poke fun at the episode. But you're just like life lessons with Guy and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've done ones where I'm basically Nelson saying, I don't know, got to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Javale! Javale is here! Ooh. All righty, mailbag time. Oh, Let's did you, get through this. I'm sure you learned something from this, though. I mean, I, I bloody took it and ran with it. Do you have anything that you learned from this episode, Dan? No, I didn't write anything down. <laughs> what oh, did okay, I learn? Um, <laughs> let me think. Let me think. <laughs> cut, cut. Uh, go to the mailbag. Go to the mailbag. That, that was one of those moments like what, Frink there where I was like, I'm going to pretend like I'm just going to leave this to Guy when really I haven't got anything. And you're just like, what's yours, Mr. Dando? <laughs> it's not like oh, we can man. edit this out or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, first mailbag question is, do you feel sad that Ralph was legitimately, this is from D.L. Gorman, our man slash woman, we don't know yet. Uh, and D.L. has even gone to the trouble now of removing the profile picture of their account, so no one will ever know. Oh, D.L., international person of mystery. I actually spoke to D.L. last night. And For real? They say that they say that their name is actually, uh, it could be either a male or a female name. So, we wouldn't even know if, they knew, if we knew their name either. Oh, Deal. I hope you're. I hope you. I hope you're cool with us. You know, sort of. Um, no, he you, that they 100 percent are giving they, you this they, air they, of mistake. They they, they, they they enjoy the gag. <laughs> <laughs> we started off being sensitive. Now we're just taking the piss. <laughs> uh, they um, say, did ask about Ralph? Did, yeah. did you feel sad that Ralph was legitimately good at something, but his spotlight was stolen by Vicky and Lisa? Well, uh, the spotlight wasn't really stolen. It was it was his own fault for eating plastic candy. He ate plastic candy. It's a classic Ralph move. It's vintage Wiggum. Um, no, I can't feel that bad for him. I mean, I'm I'm happy that he, you know, um, has got dancing feet. Absolutely, that's great. Um, and I'm pretty sure he, if, if he ever wanted to take it up again, and we may find out that he does in future episodes, um, then more power to him. But um, no, I can't I can't feel that bad for Ralph. Have you ever been taught something by somebody famous from Kenny Gad? Hmm, have you? I mean, I've been taught uh, well, the art I, of podcasting I, I by Brendan Dando, and that's pretty wild. <laughs> I remember meeting Eddie Maguire when I would have been about 12, and I asked him about um, about radio, because I've always been interested in radio. I used to do radio when I was like seven years old on the country radio station here in Geelong. I've always mm. been all about radio. And I remember I said to Eddie Maguire, why do you do TV as well? Why don't you just do radio? And his response was, I was really goes, mate, if you want to make money in radio, you got to be somebody outside of radio. Ah, well, that's pretty, like, yeah. that's pretty wise for Eddie, actually. I was like, that makes sense. Like the, there aren't many people in radio today and on the, the popular commercial stations who are known for just being on the radio. They usually got a TV gig somewhere or something else like that. And then we know them from that and then they get the radio gig. Pretty much. And it's also become the way that now that's like, Oh, it was for a while at least. It's like you had a stint on Big Brother or you were the Bachelorette. Yeah. Or or whatever. And it's like, okay, Fitzier, now you're part of Fitzier Whipper. Yeah, and now you're part of T Bone and Weasel in the morning or whoever. Uh, <laughs> my favorite radio team, T Bone and Weasel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to visualize what, what T Bone looks like. <laughs> I think I yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There actually is a movie called T-Bone and Weasel. Oh, my is there good- really? Okay. Oh, oh yeah. My, my good friend Anthony um, will always... He sort of uses it as his go-to punchline. I mean, when you sort of... I think everyone's got one of these. I mean, there's some kind of... Um, either a line in a movie or a title of a movie or a song that you use. It just It's just so sort of ridiculous that you throw it into any day conversation, you sort of use it as a ready-made punchline. Anthony's his T-bone and weasel. He just loves it. 
What, what is T-Bone and Weasel? Um, I think it's like a buddy comedy with, um, who's in it? I think it might be Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future, Doc Brown, and mm. uh, the late, great Gregory Hines from, mm, um, yeah. From- T-Bone and Weasel. T-Bone okay, and Weasel. there you go. <laughs> that, that's one to check out, folks. Um, what was the question, by the way? Oh, yeah, have, you, have you been taught anything famous? I, like, that's just like a life lesson from Eddie Maguire, but wasn't yeah. really taught anything, but yeah. Um, certainly not as a as a tutor, or, or I didn't have anyone famous as a tutor or a teacher or anything like that. So, oh, hang on. I mean, my um, my English teacher back when I was a... Uh, Robin Williams. No, no. But I did interview Robin Williams. I mean, Get sorry. the fuck out. You interviewed Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Put your hard hats on, folks. I'm dropping names all over the place tonight. But um, no, uh, for Happy Feet 2, actually, it was him and George oh, Miller. Oh, actually, you might have told me this, actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and it was, it was a really good interview. And I mean, Mr. Williams couldn't have been more charming. And I mean, he, he was on a little bit, but not way on. Um. So it was good, actually, because I, I don't think I could have taken him at a 10. I, I had him at, like, 7, which was great. But um, have, you, have you seen his interview on Craig Ferguson? I haven't. Oh, my God. It's, it's, I think on YouTube it's called The Greatest TV Show, like, TV Late Night Interview of All Time or something like that. And it's just Robin Williams and Craig Ferguson. No scripts, nothing. They literally, he just gets Robin Williams on and they just banter for half an oh. hour. And it is some of the funniest shit you'll ever see in your life. I read a great story the other day about Robin Williams, and I, I, hopefully we got time to share it because I mean I think I think this was really indicative of the kind of person that he seemed to be, because he had his sort of struggles with addiction for, with various sort of substances over the, over the years. He, he he liked to drink, and I think he liked to. Yeah, never mind. But um, he oh, would well, attend- it's, it's obvious he, he liked yeah. drugs. That was blatantly yes. obvious. <laughs> yeah, but he was attending like an AA meeting and. Um, or he attended AA meetings, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. And, you know, to their credit, everyone there was very cool. They kept their distance because it's AA. You're, you know, you're not meant to be more than anyone else and you're not meant to know who the people are. Uh, but this uh, woman who was organising the sessions, who was also, um, you know, taking part in the sessions because, you know, she was a, she was an alcoholic, um, she had organised like a comedy night or something and, you know, didn't expect Robin Williams to take part in it uh, because, you know, and it was going to be like, performing to maybe 60 people in some little venue or whatever. Uh, Robin Williams came along to provide support. And then at the end of the night, all these other people did their bits and pieces. Then at the end of the night, he actually got up. He wasn't, in, you know, he said, oh, would you mind if I did a set? He got up and apparently just slayed and doing stuff, you know, all about addiction and all that kind of stuff. But it's incredibly funny and just made everyone just feel so good about their lives, about their situations, about their struggles, because he was able to relate to them and you know sort of speak very honestly and very, uh, very truthfully and very accurately about the things they were going through. And she said, "Look, I already loved the guy. After that, I just loved the guy." And it just, you know, that that hearing that story made me think. You know, we took a hit. We took a hit when we lost that. When we lost Robin Williams, he was just a. He I- seemed like such a a, a good dude. Well, I said to Nicola, oh, it would have been two days ago because Jumanji was on Foxtel. We're flicking through and I said to Nicola, I don't think any celebrity death has affected me more than Robin Williams because he was a huge part of my childhood. And any kid who grew up in the you know, late 80s through to 90s, he was just in all of the big kids' movies. You know, he's in Jumanji. Yeah. He was in Hook. He was a genie in Aladdin. You know, He did all these movies, Mrs. Doubtfire. 
and he just made everybody happy. Yeah. You know, he just he was just he was like a comfort blanket. And the the world lost something when it lost Robin Williams. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It got a little bit dimmer. A little bit dimmer yeah. in the world. So well, I'm sorry to get all sad on that, but um no, it's good. <laughs> Let's do our <laughs> do a little rewind. How do we get to Robin Williams? Um <laughs> Talk about famous people teaching you something. Did, did he well, teach you anything in the interview? No, not really, but I did get to th- <laughs> not thank you, but I <laughs> Why did we get to Robin Williams? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I do remember that he, um, at the end, you know, we talked about Happy Feet too. But then I said, "Oh, by the way, Mr. Williams, I'm, I'm really upset at you because years ago, back in 1989 or 1990 or whatever, I took this girl that I really liked to go see Dead Poet Society, and at the very end, when it's oh, Captain, my Captain, I'm like, I can't let it see that I'm about to dissolve into a puddle of tears." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've got a minor bit of pride in this. It made Robin Williams laugh, so there we go. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, man, seriously, is there a better feeling than making that guy laugh? Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but, um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've remembered about, um, I don't know how we got into Robin Williams, but uh, in terms, well, it's sort of semi-linked. Back when I was about 12 or 13, uh, my English teacher... Is that and you said my English teacher was Robin Williams? Oh, then I then I interrupted with Robin Williams. That's right. Maybe okay. you did. But my English yes. teacher was a, a man named John Marsden, who's actually gone oh. on to become a, a very successful. What the, what the John Marsden? The John Marsden, the uh, who wrote uh, Tomorrow When the War Began and that series, wow. and, and a bunch of other books. Yeah, um, and he was great, man. I mean, he was. I always knew that I liked writing and all that kind of stuff, and he but he was one of the few teachers that really sort of steered me in that direction. He was, um, and honestly, I mean, it was akin to having Williams in Dead Poets Society as your teacher. So, yeah. That's, fan- and, um, that's fantastic. It's, you know what's crazy? It's like you're, he, he taught you English, and then in my English class, we studied the book that he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I mean, uh, he... Um, he... Uh, did you know we we learned English of course and you know all that kind of stuff in creative writing and what have you, but he was very much a bit of a hippie, and he would fold in things like well we had um, you know we we had one English class where we didn't actually do English, it was like okay let's go and raid the uh, sporting uh, goods sort of locker or whatever, and we're going to have a contest with the most creative way of falling down this small flight of stairs. <laughs> Yeah, honestly. Well, it's, this was back in the this was back in the early eighties. There were no OH and S issues or anything yeah, like that. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we also had another one where you know it was a bunch of fourteen and fifteen year old kids are being taken through a guided meditation. Now this is in the this is in the mid eighties. I mean, no one did sort of meditation. That's, unless that's you pretty were, that's pretty far out for the eighties. Oh yeah, unless you were the fucking Dalai Lama or something. Yeah. You weren't. <laughs> So yeah, my, I English mean, um, te- my English teacher it must be something about English teachers because my English teacher used to let us he used to say to us, "Look, I don't care what you do right now in this class, as long as you have that essay to me by the due date, you can do what you want." And he used oh. to let us go outside and kick the footy and whatever. But a lot of the time, <laughs> we'd just stay in the class and do our work because we were just we sort of felt like it was our decision to do the work as yeah, opposed oh. to him making us do the work. You know, and uh, I was about to say it's a nice bit of reverse psychology on the part of your of your teacher. Maybe it even wasn't reverse psychology. Maybe it was positive psychology. Yeah, good yeah, yeah. It. Good on um, that. But that'll do. For, that'll do for the mailbag this week. Um, good times had by all. Uh, Learned that Mister Davis made Robin Williams laugh. So I'm very jealous. <laughs> was he was well, he really sweaty? He was. I felt like he was always sweaty. Um. <laughs> 
he he looked a little jet lagged. In all honesty, he, he always looked a little tired, though, Robin. A little like bit, he, like, like as in, like he was full of energy, but he looked like he needed a nap. <laughs> I th- yeah. A bit that way. <laughs> um, alrighty. Well, next week we're going to be reviewing an episode called "It's a Mad, 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 Mad March." What's that hmm. title I take on, Mr. Davis? Oh, well, there was a film called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World back in the mm. uh, back in the late 60s. Uh, sort of had every comedic actor you'd ever heard of, all in one uh, all in one sort of wacky caper. I think they were all looking for like a, a, a million dollars buried in the desert or some shit it, like that. It was sort of redone as Rat Race in like 2003. <laughs> that is correct. Hmm. Which Very I true. really I really enjoyed Rat Race when I was younger, and I went back and watched it a couple of years ago, and I went, eh, "This isn't as funny as I remembered it being." <laughs> I think one of our one of our friends on the patrons page actually posed that sort of question the other day. It was like, um, "Yeah, what is some piece of art or entertainment from the '90s that uh, you revisited and were either pleasantly surprised or terribly disappointed?" Um, and actually, I might go and have a look at that and see what uh, some people have said and maybe throw in my two cents worth. Yeah, do it. Um, but yeah, so that episode's about... Uh, well, it's actually... Actually, not, I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to spoil it. But something happens where you will just be like, oh, I don't really know if I like this. But anyway, oh, so... A, a, we'll, a regular we'll... refrain with these recent episodes. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yes. So next week it's a mad, 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 mad march. Before we go today, though, we're going to be reading out some of the latest iTunes reviews that have come through. Don't forget, guys, it's a massive support to us if you can jump onto iTunes and give us five stars and leave a little note telling us why you like the show. So this one here comes from our man Owen Holland. He says, "Not undelicious. This podcast is growing, <laughs> grabbingly transcendent. Dando's drive and vision is better than spaghetti or pischetti, as he writes it, and mamados. And guys, charisma should lead our fight against the UN. Sleep with one eye open, UN. A growing, grubbingly good team. Screw Flanders, 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 screw Flanders. I would hold as a character, man. Thank you for that review, man. That was great. One star. <laughs> no, he gave us five stars. And this one here too, it was from Marshmallow Oak Shield is the name. Uh, it says, Aussie Ooh. Heart and Laughs. So it says here, one of the hosts has a few kangaroos loose in his paddock, but it's a cracking good pod to unwind to and listen to two mates talk about all things Simpsons and also most other things. And in no particular order, come for the Simpsons appreciation, stay for the comforting Aussie accents. But thank you so much for sending in that review and leaving us five stars. Yes, just go on to iTunes. Also, don't forget, guys, we want to contribute to the new name segment next week. Just follow it, and you're not a patron. You can uh, just go onto Twitter and at Four Finger Pod. Follow us. Make sure any of you you are a patron. We really appreciate if everyone out there could follow us on Twitter. Guys, going to be taking the reins and tweeting back to you guys on a what bi daily basis, like every second day or so, guy. Or we're going to jump on there every day and just flick through. I'll, I was thinking every three hours. <laughs> that works for me. The more content, the better. So, Guy Davis, as you said, you hear it from the man first. Uh, every three hours, will be on Twitter. So, at, at Four Finger Pod. If you want to speak directly to Guy, that's the way to do it. Have um, my fingers guys, crossed. <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, for listening to our review of Last Tap Dance in Springfield. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for continuing to support us each and every week. You guys mean the world to us. Don't forget, we've got a major announcement coming up in a couple of weeks that's going to be it's pretty exciting. I um, I'm I can't wait to tell you guys what it is. But for now, I am Dando. Mr. Davis, do you have any final words for the listeners? Not a whole lot. I'm just about to go and sugar my own churro. Shh.